Hello, and welcome to the Duncan and Stuff podcast, episode five. All we have to decide is what we do with the time that is given to us. Yeah, I'm going to continue the trend of using movie quotes that I like as the title of the podcast because I think it's cool. So I did not write that. I was Gandalf the Great. I don't know why I use that accent. But anyways, welcome to the podcast. My name is Duncan. I am your host. Today on the episode, I had a chance to interview a friend of mine named Matt Abrahamian. You should check him out everywhere you can. He's an awesome dude. The reason we had him on was to talk about his dramatic transformation later on in life, deciding to get healthier, deciding to make his life just better for himself, for his family, for his kids, for everything. We talked just at length about how he used cycling, competitive cycling, to get his life together and how he went from being unable to finish a time trial to now he's like sponsored and he's got a yellow jersey as of like a couple of weeks ago and he's just he's crushing it in the cycling world he's a cat four i believe if i'm using their correct terminology you should listen to the podcast and find out if that is correct i do want to take this time to apologize i had matt on the podcast and i could not tell during the podcast because i have hearing problems for those of you who don't know but i could not tell that his microphone was picking up kind of static every time that I talk. So I try to edit myself out as much as possible, but uh, you will hear a little bit of feedback every time that I talk. And I try to do as many editing magic tricks as I could, but it's going to be there. But I, I implore you to just look past that and listen to what Matt says when he's talking, because he has a great story. He's an amazing guy. He deserves all the success that comes his way. And now that he's got sponsorship by uh, Vital For You, which we talk about on the podcast, and he just won this yellow jersey, he's just got an amazing story to tell. And I think that you guys should all listen to it. So without further ado, I'm going to do what I always do, which is play... I wish I could have said do again. I was trying to say do a bunch. I'm going to play the music now. All right. Yeah, got it. Yeah, just play the music. Play the music. Play the music. Here we are. This is episode five. And today on the show, I have my friend, Matt Abrahamian. The reason that I have Matt on today is because I'm really fascinated with people who go through transformations. I want to say that you've gone through a lifestyle change because you've just changed so much since I first met you. And I want to just make sure that that's how you would describe that. That is how I would describe it. You knew me when I was going through a a weird stage in my life. I was gaming a lot. I weighed around 220. I was drinking a lot of Southern comfort while while gaming. And my marriage was suffering. I needed a change. Did you have a moment that sticks out that this is the clarity moment where you needed the change? Or was it kind of a progressive thing where one day this thing and then one day this thing? I knew that I needed to change. My health was not doing good. I, I just didn't know exactly how. For the moment of clarity, yes, there was a moment. I'm a huge Olympics fan. And when the Olympics come on, I basically take vacation time and will watch as absolutely much as possible. And I was sitting there watching cycling road race. It was like six in the morning. I'm laying there on the couch and the commentators are talking about the different people in there. 
And some of these guys were in their mid thirties to forties and they're in the Olympics and they're competing. And I looked at them and I thought, I don't, you know, obviously I can't make the Olympics, but this is something that I could do. These guys are in their mid midlife and they're doing this at a level that's incredible. And I thought I could do that. And I went and got a bike, hundred dollar bike. And I started riding with uh, my brother-in-law. Then everything slowly started to progress. I'm going to feel like a huge, hypocrite in this podcast because I am very unhealthy. I started reading the self-help book that's talking about like trying to get back into health and just doing like a little bit of exercise every day. I'm at the age right now at 30 where I'm like, if I don't start taking care of it, it's going to just like, you said that I met you at a point where you were not in a good place. How did you like kind of get into that place? Was it just like a combination of different things? So in your 20s, drinking is a completely different game than it is in your 30s. And that sounds funny, but you can get away with it in your 20s. In your 20s, you can drink until 11, 12 at night and still get up at four or five in the morning and make it to work and be responsible and and productive. In your 30s, that starts to take its toll and it's not as accepted. In your 20s, when you're at the bars, it's cool. In your 30s, it starts to get creepy. It really does. If you <laughs> if you look if you look at the people at the bars, there's a certain point where it becomes sad. It's no longer cool for you to be able to shotgun beers and crush the cans on your forehead. Then you start making the choice to buy your giant bottle of vodka from Costco and you say it's okay by, you know, your mixing drinks. And then suddenly you're just doing shots and then it just kind of downhills. It, it, my 30s weren't a great time for me. You know, Facebook memories comes up and 2011 Matt was a really not good person. <laughs> like those memories remind me of why I'm doing what I'm doing. I kind of feel very similar to you when I started doing stand-up initially. It, it wasn't like all of a sudden one day I was like, I'm borderline alcoholic or I'm an alcoholic. It was just that it, it transitioned really slowly where all of a sudden it was like, yeah, I'm drinking a lot. I do want to make sure that I emphasize that I thought you were a really good guy when I met you. And I think that at the time that you and I met, you probably thought that I was a good guy, but that we don't always know what people have going on inside. And we don't always know what people have going on at home. And like, that's what's like always so hard is that we were talking earlier about like asking somebody like, Hey, how are you doing? And people just say like, I'm fine. Or yeah, I'm just tired. And it sucks because like at the time that I first met you, which was around 2011, 2012, I just always thought you were like the nicest dude. And you always seem like in such an upbeat, like kind of like jovial, awesome guy to be around. And it, it sucks for me as a friend to be like, man, I wish at those, at those times that like I could recognize that if somebody was like doing like was having a hard time that I could say something like, Hey man, what's going on? Like, it just makes me happy to see like where you've come and where, how much you've changed. And we're going to start getting into that in a second. I do want to tell a little bit of an anecdote just because you probably don't remember this. You might remember it. But the reason that I think you're such an awesome guy is that uh, when I got Bishop, my dog, it was kind of through circumstances that were really crazy. I didn't really know what I was doing. At one point, he got really sick and he basically death star lasered all over the room. He defecated. It was really terrible. It was like a really terrible moment. It's comical, but it was also really terrible. At the age I was at, I had really no way to clean it. I was like, I guess I'll just have to sponge clean it. And I said to you at work, I brought up like what had happened. And you're like, cool, I'll be over later today with my like shop vac. And you came over to my house 
and helped me and were like in just such a good mood. And you were like, yeah, this is totally fine. Like cleaning up poop is fine. And like, this is great. Like I can help you out. And you like did it too. You didn't even ask me to do it. You like did it and just were in such a great mood. And I remember being like, that guy is nice. There are not a lot of people like that. And so I just, I guess I wanted to say that you said you were like not a good guy. It's like maybe you were going through some bad stuff, but you always, to me, like seemed really kind and really also like inspirational. <laughs> when did you start to feel like you were at a level that you wanted to get competitive? Like how long into after buying your first bike did you start to feel competitive? You know how we were just talking about going downhill is a slow thing where you don't really realize what's going on necessarily until you're there. It's the same thing with getting healthy. Here's a point that I really want to make. Everybody tries to make an extreme change when they go to lose weight or suddenly want to get in shape. They try to change everything at once. I'm going to go to the gym four times a week. I'm going to join Weight Watchers and I'm going to go from 3,000 calories a day to 600. For the long term, it doesn't work that way. So what happened with me was I started cycling so that I could continue drinking and still feel healthy. The competitive part actually started pretty early because I had a friend who was involved in the cycling world community. And there's a time trial, a forest branch time trial that we do. It's 11.2 miles. And we go from Bruce Road up to the forest ranch city limit sign. And it was probably about two, three months into my cycling career. And he like talked me into this. And it's super funny because I show up to the start line on a mountain bike in baggy shorts and some kind of sleeveless t-shirt. And all these other people are on $5,000 bikes in their aero spandex because these guys are, you know, they're going to do this at 14, 15 miles an hour. I was going like four and I made it to the disc golf course. If you're familiar with Chico at all, uh, that's about three, three and a half miles up the hill. So out of 11.2, I made it 3.2 miles and I thought I was great. But then I looked at all the results of everybody else and these guys are like 50 and 60 years old. The deal is if you can beat your age in time so that if you're like 50 years old and you do it in 49 minutes, Sierra Nevada gives you a case of beer. So all these old guys are doing it and they're beating their age. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. You're telling me that this 60 year old did this in 50 minutes and I couldn't finish it? Huh. So it kind of started to snowball from there. And I just did a little bit more and a little bit more each uh, each week. And it just kind of snowballed. But you have to do it slowly, even with your diet. Weight Watchers is great, but it's not going, you're, you're never going to last on Weight Watchers because you're not going to continually buy Weight Watchers for the rest of your life because there's no taste in that food. So, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to give any diet advice, it is first off, get rid of empty calories. Just, you have to get rid of your empty calories, but just change one thing. Let's say that you eat hot tamale candies every day. Well, change that to something else. Just that one thing, pick a different food to uh, eat. If, if you like that heat, maybe you want peppers. Start small. Do something to replace that one food and each week replace that one food or, or a different food like steak is really really awesome but if you're trying to diet steak really takes a long time to digest when i'm uh training hard and i'm trying to cut weight i'll cut out my burgers and my steaks because it just it's fatty and it takes a lot to digest 
So you, I would replace that with chicken, you know, and it, it's not the greatest replacement, but you can spice up a chicken to, you know, that way you're getting your proteins and whatnot. And you can spice it up so that it's really good. And you're not really going to miss that red meat because you're still getting your protein. True. And I just want to stay before we go any further, anybody listening to this, neither Matt or I is a licensed medical professional. We both recommend that you speak to your physician first because diets as, as exercise is, is an individual thing and you should speak to your doctor. We're just giving general tips that worked for Matt. And since I'm not very healthy, but I've been healthy in the past, I've been kind of like Chandler from friends where I've put on a lot of weight, lost a lot of weight, put on a lot of weight because I, I'm always on this roller coaster. I think it's because I have like emotional eating where like, if I'm, I don't realize I'm depressed or stressed until I'm like, I just ate a whole pizza. I can definitely tell you from seeing you, Matt, it has worked. What you are doing has worked. You have changed dramatically. When you first start cycling or whatever you're running or whatever your journey is going to be, when you start those first steps, nobody pays attention. But then all of a sudden, when you're a year in and you're doing like 50, 60 miles, people are like, whoa, that that's crazy. And so it's hard for people to imagine getting into that kind of shape. So each year for the Forest Ranch time trial, I like to use the Forest Ranch time trial because it I did it so soon after I started cycling and I couldn't finish that first year. The next year, I did it in 56 minutes. Uh, the year after that, I did it in 55 minutes. And then the next year, I did it in 56 minutes again. And that is what really kicked my butt. Because up until then, I had still been able to drink and eat whatever I wanted. I just rode more and was still getting faster. And then I hit a spot where I didn't get faster. And I was like, that's not cool. I need to be doing more. And that's where I hired a coach. That's where I got uh, Vital for You. Um, their vitamins and energy and uh, fiber, all, all three things uh, were things that helped me go faster, recover more, and keep me regular. And that sounds funny, but staying regular is super important when it comes to uh, weight loss, uh, your peaking speeds and whatnot. Do you think you could be at the level that you're performing at your age, not to be mean, but without like having any sort of like help, like from like either supplements, vitamins, or like fiber? I don't think any athlete can be competitive without them. And I'll tell you why. When you are trying to be competitive, you're going so deep in each workout, you can't get enough nutrients from regular sources to replace the nutrients that you are burning. For example, during a training session, when I was training for Forest Ranch, I went to Cohasset three times. So I did three 25-minute threshold intervals. Now, what threshold is, is where you take your heart rate as high as you can make it for an hour. So for me, my I'm going to get a little technical here with you. Please do get technical because I am very fascinated by what you're about to say. So um, threshold is, for me, is my heart rate is a about 174, 175. My max heart rate is 194. So basically you take your heart rate up to its threshold. So 174 for 25 minutes up, up the hill to Cohasset. And then you come back down, you rest for 10 minutes on the way down 
and then you do it again. Is that like interval training? It is interval training. Interval okay. training is uh, one of the most um, effective things that helps you in racing. That's weird because I, I did interval training when we worked at uh, when I did taekwondo, which is like you get your heart rate up for like a, for a long time for like five minutes, but we weren't tracking it. You guys in the cycling world, it is insane to me how like tech savvy you guys are. And I just want to know, it's like, what was the transition point into that? Like, when did you like say like, okay, because it sounds like you went to one and you were like, I'm vastly un- unprepared. And then you started kind of getting into it more. And then how did you get into the point of like tracking all of that stuff? Like, how did you learn that? Was it because you got a coach? So what happens is Strava. So Strava is a app that uh, you track your mile and it keeps track of your, uh, you wear a heart rate monitor. It keeps track of your heart rate, the miles and everything. And then it has a leaderboard on there and you can then compare yourself against all the other people that have done those same segments in Chico and anyone else who's done it. So like some of the segments, there's 2000 people that have, that have done those because we have, uh, the wildflower that's here in Chico and it's a, we have a lot of cyclists that come through here. The wildflower is like a big cycling race in Northern California and Chico. Sorry. I just want to make sure. Cause like, it's a, it's pretty awesome. Right. So the wildflower isn't a race. It's a time trial. No, the wildflower is an epic, uh, 100 mile, uh, ride that happens. And the difference is there's rest stops on the wildflower. So you get to go and you get to eat and you stop like every 20 miles and you get snacks and then you get lunch and you do this. It's, it's an epic adventure is what it ends up being. But a race is like we do in February here in Chico is the Pesquinta. Pesquinta is a 100-mile road race where pros and amateur pros all show up. And we do the 100 miles that includes three and a half miles of gravel. And that happens that we do that in about four hours because nobody is stopping for snacks. In the wildflower, it takes about eight to 10 hours because everyone's stopping for snacks and eating. And it's a big social event. Whereas the road races are balls to the wall. We're going at this and we're not stopping till we're done. For me, like I'm, I have so many questions. One is a really simple one and we'll do this one for is how do you guys ride so close without like falling and or bumping into each other because i've seen in chico when you guys are riding you guys are going around corners and you guys are tight and i know that's a really dumb question but i just want to get that out out of the way because i'm like how do you guys do that it's not a dumb question we go off of trust in the pack we're we're like a family and when you're in the pack you have to stay smooth you have to you have to know i mean you have to know that there are people that are on your wheel just like you're on on the person in front of you's wheel so you just have to stay as steady as possible and be smart uh, we're millimeters off each other's wheel because that's where you get the aerodynamics that's how you're you're the reason why we're so close to each other is because we're drafting so wind resistance it's just like geese you know how geese they fly so that the front guy is breaking all the wind and then the they, you see him in the v it's the same thing with cycling those front guys are the ones that are breaking the wind and then us behind them are right at about 30% easier than they are up front because we're in a draft. So that's why you see people going, uh, riding so close. It's one of the more confusing things in when people see races because they're like, oh, those guys are at the back. They're, they're probably tired. Those are the guys that are the freshest. The people up front in the big races are the ones that are keeping their strongest guys to be the freshest. And those are the guys you're going to see at the end sprinting. The other guys are just workhorses. I did not know that. That's so interesting because I, I always thought 
that because you know you said earlier that you love the olympics i also love the olympics and i always saw the bike races and was like oh those guys look tired yeah but like i never realized that they didn't look tired they're just in the back but you kind of hit on what my next question was and i'm it's it never works like this where i'm like i ask a question and it sets it up for the next one i'm like yes i'm getting better at this but one of the things that i'm like really curious about is the community in the cycling world every place that i've lived in iowa ohio chico la i always find i always find that i see a large group of people on their bicycles riding either early in the morning or late in the day and they're like a community that and i was just wondering because you just touched on it when you were talking about drafting you're like it's a trust thing because we're close is there like a specific community or like do you guys like have like the midnight riders or like i don't know like like do you guys have like a bicycle gang like i i don't know like what is is there a community or is it just you and your friends like do you know what i mean is there like a yeah page? so there are different teams uh there are also different types of riders and there are uh, di- there are different groups. Um, we all do come together, though. Everything crosses over. Uh, there are people that are more specifically into racing. Then there are people that are more interested in cyclocross, uh, which is racing just a t- different type. And then there's people that are the fixie crowd. But they all come together uh, for our Wednesday night world. Um, it's the Fast 50. Uh, it starts at 6 o'clock. And all of those mountain bikers uh road roadies uh fixie everybody comes together there and we all race and it's a it's one of the most uh beautiful things when we get 40 of us together and we do this 40 mile uh ride race and you have everybody from cat ones down to uh amateur we like to joke and call them cat sixes so like in los angeles i lived downtown for a little while and like on christmas eve one night one year uh i all of a sudden heard a lot of noise and I looked out and it, it had to have been like 50 to 60,000 and I'm not exaggerating people riding their bikes through downtown and it's like the, the Christmas Eve ride I'll have to look up like what if what it is but I had heard and have heard that it's called like the Midnight Rider that it's like this big club that ride around in Los Angeles or the Wolf Pack I've heard that there's like two bicycle clubs and so you said that there's like teams that sounds like more of a, it's like a competitive thing when I brought this up to my girlfriend she had said that there's like Chico Vela which is like a bicycling club and so just because people are going to listen to this podcast and there's like, they're not all in Chico, but because I kind of do want to make sure that I really emphasize the community that you belong to. Is there a specific team or club that you belong to? Like, or are you just a, a lone wolf? No, I'm not just a lone wolf. There is a, a, a cycling team that I belong to and that's the uh, Chico cycling team. It was formerly Chico uh, Masters but they opened it up to everybody this last year and it's been amazing we mentor the juniors uh over at our tuesday night crits uh and and mountain biking um and we we have uh, all ages all the way from 10 all the way up to i think 60 is the oldest we have out there um but yeah and by the way the wolf pack down there in la they're very well known because yeah. i had only heard about that i've never met anybody in the wolf pack yeah they they uh they they definitely race and they do a lot of crit racing and they're pretty awesome cycling really helps a lot of a lot of people here in chico as a matter of fact uh the gosh what is the name of it uh butte junior butte junior cycling uh a buddy of mine jeff he uh puts together bikes for kids that are trying to get into cycling and and whatnot 
totally uh, donation. And uh, it, there's just a lot of really good community stuff that ends up uh, happening. And this is kind of the thing for me, when I've like fallen out of health, it's because I've lost the community that I've worked out with. Whenever I've gotten back into getting in shape, it's always because I found a group of people because I find that it's like, if I'm going to go running because like running is like what I like to do because it's easy. Or if I'm going to lift weights, I don't, I don't have anybody to answer to. So I'm, it's easy for me to just kind of blow it off. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, it's been like six months and I haven't done anything. But when I have like a group of friends to do something with, I'm like accountable. And do you feel like having this like support group is really what made it something that you were kind of able to buy into? Oh, most definitely. Um, me and this guy, uh, James, we've over the past three years, we've gone back and forth on our fitness, uh, trying to continually beat each other because we kind of started at a similar time. And so we've kind of gone back and forth, uh, with each other of, you know, being able to do, uh, certain things is this fast. And I'm like, Oh, okay, well I need to go faster now. Cause I got to be beating him and we're teammates now, but it's been a friendly, uh, rivalry for a, a long time. And it's definitely, definitely kept me, uh, pushing because there's no way I'm going to let James be faster than me. Nice. This is a shout out to James. You're never going to beat Matt. You're going down. <laughs> I'll find who he is on social media somehow and tag him and be like in this week's episode, James is going down. <laughs> That's okay. I'll tag him myself nice. and let him no. <laughs> so like I, you know, I was looking into this because like, um, I gotta be honest, I follow you on Instagram. I did some more research digging into you and the stuff that you've done. You're like pretty much at the top of this list at like the Chico cycling team.org. But when I click on that, it takes me to the U S cycling rider results for you. You're 43 years old, which is insane. Cause you look, I'd introduce you to a sister. If I had a sister, 43 years old, um, but then it has all your race results and i didn't realize that you were just not only do i not under really understand this so i i'm gonna say that you crushed it because the first one says you were one out of 23 but that i just didn't realize that you were doing so many of these dude this is insane and i feel stupid being like congratulations because but i'm just like damn dude you've been crushing it well so recently i won the yellow jersey and the yellow jersey is something that is extremely coveted in uh the cycling race uh community it's hard to come by and you can only get it by uh, winning multiple races over a week or a weekend. And it's been a, it's been a long road this year. I think uh, I've done 17 races. Uh, I have a teammate, David, who this year, the two of us hooked up and we, our chemistry together on, on the, uh, in the racing is, has been really, really phenomenal. Um, and without him, I definitely, definitely would not have been able to uh, do what I did that weekend, but it was five races that I did, uh, two different categories. So the categories that I, that I won in, uh, it was the 35 plus four fives. Now what that means is the, the lower end of racing is a five. Then you move up to the fours and then cat threes, cat twos, and then the pros are cat one. So I'm at the, at the bottom of that, but I've moved from a five to a four and the fields were, uh, were pretty good. Um, I got third place one day, uh, first place the next day. And then the team time trial, we got fourth place and that gave me the overall win for the weekend. So you just said something that I'm kind of curious about. So that means that you do two 
two races in a weekend at a how, what was the distance? The distance. So you can't get caught up in distance because in this particular instance, they was, it was a criterium, which was 40 minutes, a circuit race in a circuit race, which was 40 minutes. And then a uh, the team time trial, which was just uh, one lap, which ended up being like two miles. So you're going for time kind of, so this is like a race where you're like, you're just going as fast as you can. It, it ends up being like that a lot. Um, I think we averaged 25, 26 miles an hour for that 40 minutes. How many calories uh, are you burning when you do that? I'm trying to get a context of like a good base point for people that mind to be blown by what you're talking about. Um, on that weekend, I would have to check, but so I did two races a day and, uh, two races Saturday and two races on Sunday, plus a team time trial. So say, I want to say it was like 2,500 to 3000 calories each day is what I burned. You don't have to be exact. Although like everybody on Twitter is going to rip you apart and be like, I can't believe it was actually 26,000. We did like his body fat ratio. He was totally wrong. (laughs) I can tell you exactly. I track all of my calories and how many calories calories I burn. I've done it for the last nine months. Well, I was trying to get a gotcha question on the podcast. Gotcha. Okay. I'm looking. So about 1200 calories is what I was burning just in the races each day. So hundred. Yeah. So take a, take a base of I'm burning about 2,500 calories uh, in a, in a day, just walking around just normal is 2,500 calories a day. And then on top of that, I burned around 12 to 1300 calories. So on those days I got to eat around 5,000 calories. Holy good Lord. Like, I think that this is one of the things too, is that you've tapped into a knowledge that I think people in the general public do not really comprehend when they're like stuffing their faces with like a Big Mac, right? They're like calories, what is that? And like, or like carbohydrates. And it's like calories are basically the best way to think about it is like, that's what gives you your energy. It's like the coal in the fire. You know what I mean? And it's like how your body's like burning your energy, right? But if you're not doing anything, if you're being sedentary, you're basically just adding coal to the train, but not putting it into the fire. So you're getting heavier, I guess is maybe try to get with this analogy to burn that many calories in one day, dude, that is a lot. So, uh, 1,200 calories would be the equivalent of half of Papa Murphy's pizza. Oh, Papa Murphy's, for people who don't know, is a pizza place. (laughs) (laughs) The Chicago-style one, actually, uh, double-layered. So you just touched on something that I really want to throw out there, and this was a a point that I definitely wanted to make. People, when they're going to lose weight, people look at calories as the enemy. They look at food as the enemy, and you can't look at food like that because then your entire diet will be guilty base. You have to look at food as fuel. So if you look at a Big Mac, you're like, okay, that's not going to fuel me for anything. But if you look at anything else that doesn't have those kind of preservatives in it, 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 it can be a steak, it can be a salad, it can be a potato, it can be um, carrots or whatever, but you need to look at it as fuel. You need to look at it and say, hey, how is that going to fuel my body? What nutrients am I going to get from that? And your zones are probably the biggest thing that you need to look at and everybody is different and my zones probably won't work for another person, but you need to be balancing each meal. You need to have a certain amount of carbs in it, a certain amount of protein in it, and a certain amount of fats in each meal in order for your body to process it correctly. Everything needs to be balanced. 
And for me, I use, utilize 50% carbs, 30% fat, and 20% protein. And that allows me to have the fuels I need as an endurance athlete and still give me the ability to lose weight. Again, neither of us are trained professionals. So if you want to do a diet or anything like that, please consult your doctor. I just want to say that. But when it comes to like dieting, I think that a lot of people have a hard time with that. And they do, I was raised Catholic. And so I inherently get the guilt about everything. And with food, there's always this kind of like guilt where it's like, I shouldn't eat this. But when you're working out, even if you start working out, and this is like what I really want to emphasize, which is that when he started working out, he started small and he just kept trying to do it every day. He made small goals, small changes. If there are people out there listening to this who are like, I want to make changes. It's not about making the drastic change. Like I'm going to the gym every day, trying to change overnight because that won't work. It's about making small changes. So when it comes to your diet, making small changes and really trying to learn about what it is you're putting into your body and how it's going to be helpful or not helpful for your goal. So if your goal is to lose a couple of pounds, you just got to try to make your diet match your goal, but you also have to try to do it slowly and start small. That's like all I really want to emphasize is that you're never going to get into shape if you try to just do what Matt said earlier, which is like, I'm doing it all in one day. That Exactly. Uh, if you go look at my Instagram, uh, which is hotshotabe, it's hot underscore shot underscore Abe, um, you can see basically my entire cycling career is on there. It's, a, it's really been a journey and you really do have to research everything that you're uh, putting in your body. I've talked to the amount of nutritionalists I've talked to, the uh, doctors I've talked to, the, you know, I, you just, you talk to everybody and you take a little bit from this person and a little bit from this person and, and a little bit from that person and you put it together for yourself. It's it's really been quite a journey and the guys over at Vital For You took notice of this and because I, I tagged them when I started, uh, started, started doing this um, and I started uh, using their product, they have a great product. They're they're um, screaming energy. It has Panex ginseng. It's got some caffeine. It's got the B12s, and it's very very clean. And it helps you in your workouts. It helps you dig a little bit more. Um, it helps you uh, just build that little bit extra that normally wouldn't be there. And they saw me. They saw my progression, and they got excited. And they were like, "Hey, I feel like you're going somewhere." we'd like to be a part of it. Can we sponsor you? And that doesn't happen very often. And it really took me aback. I've, people utilize that word around me. They use inspiration and inspirational. And man, I was just a fat drunk that smiled a lot. It's hard for me to really accept something like that. But these guys, they believed in me and they, uh, their, their vitamins and um, energy and fiber. And they're, them and, and my coach, Ryan, uh, from athletic camps, they're what drove me. And they drove me to lose. Like I said, when I started this, I was at 220. Um, when I won the yellow jersey uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was at 168. And it was, that's how many pounds is that? Like 40 or something? Um, we don't do math here. Yeah, no math, yeah. <laughs> no preparation. I have an app Winter. for that. <laughs> Um, and, and, and so it's those things, it's all those things that get you to where you're going to go. You start with that first mile and you end up 
somewhere where you never thought you could be. It sounds like to me to like kind of really bring it to a point. It's like anybody who's listening to this isn't where you are. It's like, they might not have a coach, but it sounds like to me that you said that your coach, that's like this very specific to you, but that you've utilized this vital for you uh, supplements. It's like, is that the best way to say it? Like supplements like yeah. can do wherever they are is like utilize like supplements and or this like kind of energy. You got, you got to explain this more to me because I'm, I'm very curious as to like, is this only for people who are cycling or is it for people like if I wanted to start lifting and I'm starting to get old and would this be helpful for me? Is it? Yeah, most definitely. Vital for you actually sponsors a few different uh, people and to be put in the alumni that I'm put in is blows me away. But we have a ultra marathon runner, uh, ultra marathon runners. They run a hundred miles and uh, I don't even know how they run a hundred miles. You're a runner. Do you know how they, a person runs a hundred miles? Because I don't. No, I did a marathon once. It was terrible. And that was when I was 19 and I was in like Brad Pitt and snatch shape, you know, but like now, like if I even tried to run like three miles right now, it would not go well. I could run a mile, but like, nah, no, I don't know how people do that. Sorry, carry on. So we have a uh, triathlete, uh, a triathlete. Um, we have a guy, uh, his name's Mr. Chase gains on Instagram and he's a weightlifter and he is huge um, and really great guy got really great guy though um, and so yes running any anything athletic that you're gonna do is what this is good for um, you basically the vitamins are specific for uh, people that are trying to get into shape be athletic anything like that the the screaming energy and the ultra screaming energy I use utilize the ultra screaming energy uh, a lot of people like the max hit uh, over the ultra, um, but both of those are things that are they're just motivators that that get you into the gym. You're gonna be able, you're gonna feel great in the gym, and then you take the vitamins and whatnot to help you with your recovery. Uh, you're 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 just putting your body through so much that it needs that extra, uh, those extra supplements to buffer your, um, uh, your system so that you can get those gains. And so this is like, kind of like an, uh, like an extra tool in your toolbox. You know what I mean? It exactly is that. So the website that, or the company that Matt is talking about is called uh, vital for you. And you can find them at www. Is that three W's dot vital for the number four you, the letter you.com. And when you go there, it's really awesome because Matt, you're on the page. You're like right there. And I love that. That makes me feel like I, I know it's like, it's such an Iowa kid thing to get excited. Somebody's on the internet. Do you see it? Okay. So a couple of things there. I'm on the uh, page in their packaging slip uh, that they send out to. My picture is actually on there as well. I actually asked them to send me a few extras because my parents wanted one. Like, this is something that I definitely still get excited about. Like, yeah, I'm like, right? oh, picture is on there. I'm a commercial. Yes. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, though, uh, Vital for You wants to do a giveaway for your podcast listeners. Yes. So, yes. So the guy, Chris, he is an amazing guy. The customer service uh, through this company is amazing. Um, but he wants to do a, a giveaway and he wants to give away uh, some of the screaming energy. The way that we're going to do this is you're going to go on the website. One of the listeners is going to go on the website. You're going to take a picture or a screenshot of the hat that you want. And you will post that on their Facebook page or their Instagram. And you're going to, uh, one winner 
is going to get the hat and some Vital For You product, get you some samples to check out. Okay, I like this. So what I'll do is I'll put a link to the website where the hats are, and then I'll also put a link to their Instagram with the information for that so that they can people can do that. That sounds awesome. It's like our first official giveaway. And like, Matt, like that's really because of you and like your whole transformation. Like this is crazy because you've gone from the guy that I knew when I first met you and you were like, yeah, I was just like a, like a kind of like an overweight drunk guy who smiled a lot. But like you've gone from like this guy and you've just completely molded into this rock solid granddad who can kick my butt. You've like now entered the level of like the guy from Blade Whistler who's like, I'm super tough, but I'm old. Uh, Clint Eastwood who's like, make my day. You're like the older guys who can kick all the young guys' butts. And now you've got like a sponsorship through this like vital for you and you're doing a giveaway on my podcast. That's awesome. I'm super yeah, pumped about this. We wanted to be the people that listen to the podcast and kind of get in on the secret that sounds great and we're getting to the point where the podcast is going to be done here but like it was really great having you on matt i just wanted to kind of make sure as we're kind of wrapping things up we talked about your transformation we've talked about like you know you and i we talked about how you got like sponsorship you got the yellow jersey i wanted to just kind of end with like is there anything else that you felt like you wanted to say because this podcast is about like giving my friends who are really passionate about something and also really into something like a platform to reach more people and share what they're doing is there something else you wish that i'd asked or that you want to talk about no no are you doing okay i'm fine no what i do want to say is it doesn't matter what it is find something that you love and do it it's so depressing to just wake up every day and go through your eight to 12 hours of whatever it is I, i don't care what it is that you become passionate about but find something that you are passionate about because it will absolutely save your life and make you look forward to the future and i i now have you know grandkids and i'm able to run around with them and keep up with them and do all the playing that a lot of grandparents don't get to do just because i'm in shape now And I'm setting that example. My daughter is now trying to get into shape and going to the gym and she's calling me and asking me questions. And hey, how do I recover better? Hey, should I go to the gym today? I feel like this. And those are big deals to me because not only am I going to be living longer and more enjoyable, but now my kids might be living longer and have more enjoyment in life. So just for the love of everything that is you find holy, find something holy. That's like, you know, you're hitting on like an issue that's starting to become a theme in the podcast, which is that I started this podcast because I said to myself, I'm learning a lot of this job that I'm doing, but I'm not really making anything and I don't know what to do. And I said, I really want to talk to people about the stuff that they love. And I wasn't going out anymore because I stopped kind of drinking socially. So I was, I wasn't getting those like conversations happening at bars anymore. And I was like, I should just start my own podcast, start talking to people about their passions and that because that's my passion. And since I've started doing this podcast, even if only three people people listen to it I don't even care because I'm having such a good time and like getting a chance to talk to you about this you're hitting on the issue which is so important to me that when there's so many people out there like not just like my friends but I also like see so many stories and read so many things where I'm just like damn it is really sad it's just because people are just they're in the gear they're in the zone where they're just like coasting and it's hard to kind of they're at the moment that maybe you described when you were in your early 20s where they don't realize that they're at a bad place and it's just it's so important to find something that you love and to to use matt's uh transformation ride towards that yeah i like what you did there yeah wordsmith (laughs) 
<laughs> Duncan, this has been amazing. You didn't think of a tagline for the outro? Oh, yeah, Apes was terrible. What was it? It was it was like Duncan and Stuff Podcast, Lucy Goosey. And I was like, I don't yeah. like it. So I was like, Duncan and Podcast, too long. <laughs> I don't like that either. So I, I'm, you know what? Maybe it should just be like, do what you love or find what yeah, you love. Yeah. Do and find what you love. Yeah, I like it. I yeah, like it. I like it too. I like you, Matt. So we're going to end there. <laughs> thank you, Matt. Seriously, thank you for being here. And I'm, I know that you said earlier about inspirational. I'm like just proud to know you. You're an awesome dude. And uh, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. All right, man. Oh, snap. You thought the podcast was over. Turns out it's not over. I just wanted to make sure that I remind you that everything that Matt and I talked about in this podcast, I put links to all the descriptions to the Vital For You website, to the Chico Wildflower event, to the Chico Cycling Team, to Chico Velo. Um, I put all the links to those into the description of the podcast. So if you want to enter the contest, like Matt was saying, I put the links to all that in the podcast. Just make sure that you take a picture or a screen cap of the hat that you want and post it to Vital For You's Facebook page or Vital For You's Instagram page. So I put all the links in the description, check it out and uh, make sure you enter our first giveaway because it's going to be sweet. You get a free giveaway. I mean, that's awesome. All right, do what you love.